Jesus' name. Come on. Seven times. Jesus, come on. Jesus, come on, say the name. Jesus. Jesus, come on. Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. We say the name of praise be to God. Now we're going to go in prayer. And we all are going to present our cup today. We're going to present our cup right now before the Lord. Praise be to God. I'm going to try to sing this song. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Hallelujah. Here is my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. We all have our cup, our pastor preached Sunday gone about Jonah. We all, sometimes we run and eat too. Our cup become empty. So tonight, we're going to have our cup before tonight. Pray to God and we are going to ask God to fill it up tonight. Those who are sick, those who have um, difficulties, maybe in um, different circumstances of life, because we're all going through something. And so, you are going to present our cup tonight before the Lord. Pray be to God. Heavenly Father, right now, we present our bodies tonight to God as a living sacrifice. Holy! And so, there's always a service. Everyone that we conform to this world, we'll be transformed by our man. Lord, you present our cup right now before you. Lord God Almighty, fill up tonight, God Almighty. We need God Almighty, your mercy. God, we need your love in that cup, God, overflow of love. Lord God, God, we need God Almighty, faith, God, faith to believe you. And to believe, God, those who are sick, whatever problem we are undergoing, to believe God is already been taken care of. Lord, fill our cup tonight, God Almighty, with, oh my God, love, peace. Lord God Almighty, joy, grace, mercy tonight, God. Fill our cup tonight, God Almighty, Almighty God. Lord Almighty, with all God Almighty, overwhelming love. Unconditional love tonight, God Almighty. Oh God Almighty, joy, forgiveness, come on. Ask Lord to fill your cup tonight. Talk to him tonight, hallelujah. Oh God, fill your cup tonight, God Almighty, hallelujah. God Almighty, grace, and your great God, you are sufficient to keep us. Lord, we don't want to run and eat. And so we present our cup before tonight, God. Oh God, fill your cup of righteousness, God. You make us righteous, not because you are right. Oh God Almighty, look down tonight, God Almighty. Upon those who are going through different difficulties, the sister here, my God. Oh my God, we are kidding. God, 
the, the death of the saints is when it's someone that you're close to, that you lean on, that you rely on, you know, it, it, it's, it can be a hard pill to swallow uh, back here on earth. And so when Reginald called me, I just, and, and Reginald's his brother, they were very close, but I just yelled out and I had to temper my voice, no, uh, because I didn't, did not want that to happen. And, uh, but you know, in life, life deals us things that we have to, uh, that we have to understand God's in control, not us. And some things we don't understand, but born in the fire, coming through the fire. The early church, if we look at it, was ignited by the fires of Pentecost. It was a very exciting time. And uh, soon after the Holy Ghost was poured out in Acts 2, it began to spread throughout Jerusalem and then to other places. But in that, the early church that we read about in the book of Acts, Acts chapter uh, 2, that early church, while ignited by fire spreading through Jerusalem, it was also not just born in the fires of revival, but it was also proven in the fires of persecution. And we read about the fire baptisms and we read about tongues like as a fire. Jesus told us, or John told us actually in 3 and 16 of Luke, he shall baptize, I'm going to baptize you with water. Now John says, but he who's coming after me, the ones whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. But he specifically mentions, and with fire. So John the baptizer said the one coming after him would baptize us with spirit, but not just spirit, would also baptize us with fire. And, uh, and we, the church, the Christians of 2023, we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We gotta have that. We gotta have that. We also need to be baptized in that fire that John was talking about. If you think about fire, fire can be an igniter. But fire can also be a temperer. Fire is an empowerer, but it can also be a devourer. I was born myself in fires of revival. Man, Holy Ghost baptism. I remember the first time I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember the night that I was, or the day I was baptized in Jesus' name. And, and the church was on fire. It was so on fire that the entire power went out because of tornadoes in our area. And it did not alter that service one bit. The Holy Ghost was so deep and so thick and, and so uh, just moving through that place. Power went off, thunder, lightning, everything, but it, it didn't even phase us. I'm talking doors busting wide open just, all, just because of the storms outside and we kept having church. Why? I was born in that kind of fire, that kind of revival fire. One old song they sang back then, y'all probably do not know this, but feels like fire. Shut up in my bones. Anybody remember that? Feels like fire, fire, uh, heavenly fire. Shut up in my bones. When I think of what the Lord has done, I got to go and tell someone. It feels like fire, fire, heavenly fire. Shut up. Anybody remember that? I got a few. 
maybe, maybe not. All right. But so, so I, I was born in that fiery time and fire of the Holy Ghost and fiery baptism and just powerful service. I, I worshiping in the Spirit of God, just moving and people slain in the Spirit and it just, just amazing, powerful fire. And uh, but in the same token, it wasn't long after having the Holy Ghost that I also learned of this other fire. What I'll say is a refiner's fire. The psalmist said in 66, For thou, God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laid affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. But thou broughtest us into a wealthy place. So the psalmist is saying, you've proven us with it like silver. You've proven us. Uh, you brought us through. You've, uh, a lot affliction has come upon our lives. And uh, all these things have happened. You've brought us through fire and through water. But you've brought us. You're bringing us unto a wealthy place is what the scripture says. So I was born in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I ex I've experienced great revival fire in my life. But uh, we, we've had we even had services this year with, with you know, many people being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. Our prayer conference, one example of this. And then baptizing, baptisms thereafter for several weeks just consistently. And uh, it, 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 so I, I know what the fire of the Holy Ghost is like. I love the fire baptism of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I love the great revival fire. Amen. But I also learned quickly how to go through the refiner's fire. There's a, a song uh, that they used to play on the radio. But, and, and I won't hum the tune because I don't really know the tune that much except for the chorus. But it says, there will be mountains that I'll have to climb. There'll be battles that I'll have to fight. But victory or defeat, it's up to me to decide. But how can I expect to win if I never try? I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me, I think somebody, somebody may know that now. Somebody told me that the road would be easy. And I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Never said there wouldn't be trials. Never said I wouldn't fall. Never said that everything would go the way I want it to go. But when my back is against the wall and I feel all hope is gone, I just lift my head up to the sky and say, help me to be strong. I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. And I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Does anybody know, know what I'm talking about? Does anybody kind of you understand what that song is saying? If you, you, you haven't gone through what you've gone through to give up, to quit, to throw in the towel or anything, but no matter what you're going through or no matter what you have to go through in life, no matter what you've been through or no matter what you may have to go through tomorrow, you've got to understand this. God is with you each and every step of the way. We may not understand. We may not always have an answer. But God is with you. God is with me. 
We live in a day and a time that the biblical prophetic clock is ticking away. The enemy seems to want to mess, attack, oppose, stir up, try to hinder saints of God from being the church of God. Sin in 2023, if you, if you read the news, if you keep up with anything happening in society, it seems like sin just keeps growing and getting bigger and getting worse and, and, and getting more vile and getting more provocative and getting more in your face. Can I get an amen on that? Sin, sin just keeps to, keeps to be moving uh, and getting bigger and gaining momentum. But Isaiah said 59, so shall they that fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That's why you have the Holy Ghost and fire. But with this Holy Ghost and fire, you also have to be willing to go through the fires of life that are going to refine you. The fires of life have a purpose. It is not God angry with you. It is not that, uh, you know, we get the Holy Ghost and we think we can just live at this level where we're never uh, going to have to deal with stuff. You're going to have to deal with stuff. You're going to have to deal with things. I, I, I would be telling you wrong if I told you you could have the Holy Ghost and everything's going to be a carefree life from that point. You're never going to have any problems, no sickness, no situations, no troubles, no no things going, you're, you'll be good. Just get the Holy Ghost and fire and everything will be all right. Guess what? You're still going to go through things. You're still going to deal with stuff. You're still going to have to face sicknesses. You're still going to have to face things in your life. And some of those things are there to refine us. Some of those things are there to refine us. And, and, and he says that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Can I tell you, sometimes you are the standard. Sometimes you are the standard that God is going to lift up. The church is the standard that God is going to lift up, that the Spirit of the Lord is going to lift up. And that's why you have to have the Holy Ghost and fire, but you also at the same time have to be willing to go through the fires of life. Some, I think it's Ephesians. Sometimes all you know to do is you've got to stand. Having done all, you don't know what else to do, just stand. I don't know why this is going on or that's going on or this is happening in my life. But guess what? you got the Holy Ghost and fire. Now it's time just to take a stand. It's time to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. You were born in the fire just like the early church was born in the fire. You have that Holy Ghost and fire, that cloven tongues like as a fire. Somebody's read about that before, right? Well, I'll read that then. Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And verse 3 says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Amen. There's something about the Holy Ghost. It sat on each of them. It says in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When I got the Holy Ghost, 
I, I, the best way I can explain it, I was kind of on cloud nine. I was way up there. Everybody else is going through their problems and their struggles and, you know, in the church. But I'm new, man. I just got in the Holy Ghost. I am full of fire. I'm full of zeal. I am rough around the edges. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, I'm zealous and just, you know, ready to move mountains and, and, and any of those things. I, I, I am excited. And then and people start talking about some of the things they're going through. I'm like, oh, I got the Holy Ghost, man. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, what do you mean trials and struggles? And, and, and you're going through this and you've had a rough day. What are you talking about? I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I, I felt like I was living up here. But you give it enough time. And life is going to bring you back here. And, and, and I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you can't. You can't continue to stir it. You do. But you've also got to realize sometimes life's going to give us things that we don't like. And maybe they're not there to harm us. But maybe they have a purpose. I told you I was rough around the edges. Maybe God was, when, when those trials started to come in, maybe some of those things were to remove some things from me, from my life, from my humanity, from my carnal mind, because uh, no other way, God wasn't just going to say, you know, stop doing this, and I stopped doing it. No, I went through some fires, and those fires seemed to some degree to, to purge some things out of me and off of my life, and they changed me. The the experiences that I went through, they changed me. Hallelujah. Somebody said they changed me. Acts chapter 4 says, And they spake unto the people, the priest, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, and, and came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people. And preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. And put them in hold until the next day. For it's now even time. Now why don't you read that. I just read Acts 2. That told us about Pentecost. And told us about tongues like as a fire. And that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. As they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But then I, I shared with you Acts chapter 4, just two chapters. Just flip a page or two. Just open the book up, flip a page or two, and you go from fire of the Holy Ghost to disciples being laid in hold is what it says. And then you can flip another chapter to Acts chapter 5, and all of a sudden it changes again. And by the hands of the apostles were many... Signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. And listen to this, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. And at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. So in Acts chapter 2, we got the fire of the Holy Ghost being poured out. We got cloven tongues like as a fire. Everybody's excited. I mean, the God is moving in a mighty way. It's very powerful. It, it, it's Acts 2 is just, you know, that's that uh, amazing 
outpouring of the Spirit of God. And then in Acts 4, they are already persecuting them and they are laying hold of them and they are, uh, to some degree, it doesn't say they were in jail, but they 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 held them. They they kept them in a holding place. And, and then all of a sudden you chip flip one more chapter over and now at, they, they're bringing people in their beds into the streets that have just a shadow of Peter that all of a sudden miracles would happen that, that the power of God would just would cure diseases and heal sicknesses and people would, would leave their beds and couches but then you can take your Bible and you can flip one more page and all of a sudden Acts chapter 6 says and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes came upon them and caught him and brought him to the council and listen to this in 13 and set up false witnesses Alright, so, so we've got the power of the Holy Ghost. we got signs, wonders. We've got miracles. We've got people getting out of their beds. We've got clothing tongues like as a fire. And then all of a sudden we've got disciples having, uh, being uh, pretty much arrested. And then all of a sudden we've got the power of God again. And then all of a sudden turn one more chapter. And, and you've got uh, people that are set up to lie on Stephen and false witnesses set up. And then you flip to chapter 7. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him, Stephen, with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, now I want to ask you how you would respond to this. And being full of the Holy Ghost, he looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Jesus standing on the right hand of God and he said, Behold, I see the heavens open. Son of man standing in the right hand of God. And then they cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears. They were, they were just so... And they stopped their ears and, and, and it says, and they cried with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, who was calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. His departing words were, don't charge them with that sin. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Are we there yet? Is that how you would respond? Somebody said, still working on me. He's still working on me. You know what? Some of the fires you have to go through are what are, are a way that God is working some things out of you. Some of the things that we have to go through in our life it's, it's, it's God's way of it, there's stuff in us that's impure. Junk. But what God looks sees when He looks at you is He sees gold. He sees silver. Does He see the impurities that, that are still, we still have? Absolutely. And He allows these fires in our life to remove and refine 
those impurities that each and every one of us have in our life, in our spirit. And, and, and we can't even see things many times. It's easy, it's easy to point someone else's flaws out. Isn't it? But it, it, it's not as easy to look in the mirror and see our own flaws. And, and sometimes that's why we as the church have to go through that fire. I'm not talking about just the Holy Ghost and fire, but that other fire. That fire that none of us like to go through. Has God ever dealt with you and let you know you're about to go through something? And anybody in here, I mean, you, you just kind of, and you're like, no, 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 not again, not this time. And, 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 and you can say no all you want to until you find yourself knee deep in that trial, knee deep in that fire. But then, then you're not as chicken as you were. When, when you were first told about it, right? Am I right? I mean, chicken a good word? Is that a good word? Uh, it, it, you know, somebody says, "I feel you're about to go through a trial, man." That chicken, it's uh, that chicken starts plucking, doesn't it? No, 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 no. It's good times. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Everything's exciting. And then all of a sudden, you go through the fire, and you realize you're stronger than what you were. When you wanted to chicken out. Amen. I haven't used chicken since I was in school, I don't think. But, uh, and then, so, so we see Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, revival fire being poured out. God doing an amazing thing. God filling us. God empowering us. God baptizing us and we're, we're full of the Holy Ghost and we're excited and God's moving and man church is growing and people are getting baptized and God's doing great things and tongues did you see what happened Sunday man the power of God was so strong and all and we're tenacious and we're empowered and all these things but then there will be those times in your walk with God that you're not just baptized with fire but that you're going to go through the fire. And sometimes going through that fire is just as empowering as being baptized with the fire. Because it's doing something in us that nothing else could. Sometimes, I don't know, after the greatest Sunday services, After the greatest church preaching, Holy Ghost power, baptizing 16, 20, 25, and just after experiencing the anointing of God, it seems like you leave Sunday and you turn from chapter 2 to chapter 4. You leave Sunday and you flip the page and you suddenly you find yourself as opposed to being where you're being baptized with fire and you're being anointed and you're walking in the Holy Ghost and being used in the gifts of the Spirit to all of a sudden you're being persecuted. All of a sudden somebody's lying about you. 
All, all of a sudden they're setting up. It seems like people against you. No, y'all don't act like you. Maybe y'all are living up here, right? You're, none of y'all have been through the fire, the refiner's fire. It, it seems like after the best services, the best conferences, the best camp meetings, the best youth, best youth congresses, the best Tuesday nights or the best Sundays, and all of a sudden when we meet our enemy that next morning and we find ourselves going through the refiner's fire, Isaiah 48, 10 through 12 says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. Now listen to this. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory to another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, and I am also the last. But that, that, that statement stood out to me. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Meaning where sometimes he chooses you is not when you are, everything is going right and everything is wonderful and everything is great and you're doing good and everything's going well and, and oh, I'm going to choose you here. No, it's when you find yourself facing the enemy of your life. It's when you find yourself facing adversity. It's when you find yourself and people are set up lies, saying lies against you and you want to say something and you say nothing and you want to step in and you want to stand up for yourself and God's like, hey, hold on. You need to just sit down, be quiet. Let me fight this battle. Let me take care of this. No, 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 no. And we're like, but I can defend myself. And if you do, God may not defend you. Because he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That means it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. And there are some things you just got to leave alone. And you've got to let him handle. And you've got to go through that furnace of affliction. And you've got to go through that trying, refining, fire, whatever that fire may be. Because can I tell you something? There's still stuff in your life God's trying to work out of your life. And you're resistant to those things that he's trying to work out of your life. So therefore he allows you because he loves you. Because you're silver and gold to him. He's going to allow you to go. To have the privilege and opportunity to go through the refiner's fire. So that those things can be removed from you. So that you can grow to that next level. So that you can walk in that next place of anointing. Before, there was chapter 5 with Peter's shadow. There was chapter 4 with opposition. Opposition isn't there to kill you and destroy you, but to refine you, to make you stronger, to make you better. To, to do a work in you that other things won't do in you. Proverbs 17, verse 3. 
the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tried the hearts. Isaiah 48, verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Ephesians chapter 4, beautiful scripture that tells wives and husbands how they should treat each other. But there's also a message in there about how we should live as well. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. But guys, love your wives. And I said, guys, love your wives. I don't care how confused the world is. The church isn't confused. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So men ought to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. Got to understand, God is cleansing the church by the word of God, by fire, but also by the refining fire. 1 Peter 3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. When some people start getting too earthly minded and carnally minded and down here minded and all about what I'm going to do in, in this present life and, and, and what's going on with me and all these things, but we're not heavenly minded. We've got to realize the reason we live like we live and live for who we live for is because we have an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled. It is reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Now listen to this. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about resurrection power. He's talking about this inheritance that you have that's incorruptible. And, and he's talking about it doesn't fade away. It's reserved for you. It's reserved for you. But now, for a season... If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, 
who though now you see him not, you don't see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets, now listen to this, our salvation, the prophets, they, they desired to, to know more about it. And it says it searched diligently because it's prophesied to throughout the entire Old Testament what would happen. And there were Isaiah and Elijah, they would look into it. They wanted to know more and more about your salvation, about what God was going to do in the church. The prophets inquired about it, searched diligently, and who prophesied of the grace that should come to you. Paul says it like this in Romans 8, for I reckon, he sounds like he's from South Georgia, doesn't he? Right there, I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So anything I've got to do, go through, any pain, any problem, any of those things, it says right here, it doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare with the glory that's going to be revealed in each and every one of us. That's why we live like we live. That's why we love Him like we love Him. That's why we live a righteous lifestyle. I know our righteous is filthy right, but we try. And we apply the Bible and the Word of God to our lives. Job 23. I love how Job says it here in 23, verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he tried me. Now Job knew about being tried. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. 1 Peter 5. I'm getting ready to close. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Now, when I... Um, I told you last night, when I found out Bishop had passed, I just yelled out, no. It didn't matter who was there. And I, I told God, I don't understand. I, I, I did. And I was like, I, 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 I had expectations. I had more lunches planned in my mind. I had more mentorship conferences that he would be there. Because we went years ago in our church when we were in the older church and we'd just come into this church, whole church went up to this mentorship conference and he poured into us. And I just told God, no. You know, sometimes there's things that you don't, uh, on initial uh, response, don't agree with. Can I get an amen? You're just like, no, God. And, and, and then you're like, you know, and, and then the other side of me is like, well, he lived this life of faith. And now he's getting his reward. But that doesn't help me. He poured a lot into me. And, and, and I, I, 
I'm kind of, I was expecting more. And I know a lot of other people were, but who is God for us to question? Who is God for us to question? But sometimes you have questions. And sometimes you go through things and you don't understand why you've got to do, go through this. Why you've got to deal with this. Why you've got to experience this. Why you've got to deal with affliction. Why do you have to have pain? It's not just physical pain. Why do you have to have emotional pain? Why, why do I have to be broken? Why do I have to cry? Why do I have to feel that way all over again? And, and, and I, I, I close with this scripture tonight, if you would stand. Romans 8 and 28. And here's the answer. We know that all things. If you live by faith, you've got to know this. If you're going to go through the fires of affliction, you've got to know this. If you're willing to allow yourself to go through the furnace of life and come out, try pure gold and be chosen by God, then, then you're going to have to, this scripture, you're going to have to understand. That, that's really, that's your answer. You don't have to have any other answers. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called. If you're not called, if you don't love God, I'd be upset with any furnaces of affliction myself. But for us, we've got things reserved in the heavenlies. You've got a God that loves you. And anything you're dealing with down here, when you get there, it's not even going to compare. When you are... Oh man, when you are there and we know that all things work together for the, for the good to them that love God who are called according to His purpose. Would you lift your hand tonight? Lift up your voices. God, I know that at times in my life i got to go through things I don't like going through. I've got to deal with things I don't like dealing with. I've got to do things that I don't want to do. But some of that is my furnace of affliction that I've just got to go through and that just that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through it. And I don't necessarily look forward to walking into the furnace or being thrown in the furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. But God, I know that when I get in there, in that furnace, whatever that furnace is, whatever that i got to go through, that I've been going through, that I'm going to go, whatever that is, God, I understand this one thing about that and about that place and about having to go through that, that in that fire, you are with me. That in that fire, you are walking with me. God, and there's obviously some things that needed to be purged from my life, some things that needed to be burned up from and burned off from my life so I can be what you've called me to be and live the life that you've called me to live, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just reach out to the Lord where you're at right now? God, here I am. You can use anything. Song says you can use me. That gives him permission. Being used by God doesn't mean you get to pick how he uses you. 
it doesn't mean you get to pick your trials and you get to pick your afflictions. It means he'll be with you every step of the way. He'll see you through. But he's chosen you in the furnace of affliction.
give the Lord a hand of praise right now. Praise God. Praise tonight's tithes and offering while they're coming uh, just a couple of things coming up that's important everything that we do is important but uh, we've got Bible study our 6 o'clock prayer tomorrow our 6.30 prayer tomorrow 7.30 spiritual warfare hyphen will be meeting at 6.30 on Thursday Friday mommy and me coffee and uno at Starbucks at 10 a.m. And then the young people that are going to be going to Camp Extreme, supposed to be a very, uh, very good Camp Extreme. Uh, they are leaving at 2:30. Make sure you see Christy tonight if you are going, uh, and make sure she knows that the van leaves at 2:30. Meeting for Extreme uh, Singles with Purpose Friday at six, and uh, looking forward to all the Lord's doing. Morning prayer on Saturday morning. Don't miss. Saturday morning prayer, and then our services. Anybody know what time our church service is on Sunday? 9.30 and 11 o'clock. All right. Praise God. Sister Duvall, would you lead us in prayer tonight? Jesus' name. 